this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got facts tonight. Um, I will be going over game five of the NBA Finals. I also wanted to go over some recent news or relatively recent news. Of course, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys know about the Doc uh, Doc Rivers hiring out there in Philadelphia. So I wanted to kind of go talk a little bit about that, talk a little bit about uh, everything that's transpired in his career up until this point, talk about some of those playoff failures, uh, why I believe that those have happened, and basically, you know, talk about the hire, the recent hiring, uh, whether or not uh, the Sixers made the right choice and what Doc uh, brings to the position. So uh, let's get right into it, of course. Uh, we go into the finals, back to the finals, and, you know, for what it's worth, the Heat, they find ways to stay alive when you think that they're dead. Uh, we had a, a clear-cut case with uh, Lakers coming into this game 3-1. Uh, no go on Dragic, uh, Bam out of bio, so 100%. Uh, we figured that this, this series might be over, but uh, Jimmy Butler finds a way again uh, to pull something out of out of a hat on some magic magician type shit. 35 points from him, 12 rebounds, also 11 assists. And again, he's one of the consummate leaders in the league. Uh, Willing Duncan Robinson, uh, 26 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists, and also Kendrick Love. 14 and 3. Uh, again, uh, every possession that Jimmy had uh, was something positive for the team. I don't think he really made any, well, if any, uh, was rare that he made any type of bad plays. And, uh, you know, and he scored. Uh, he got rebounds, passed the ball well. Uh, and this is, again, this is in a situation where, again, the Lakers ended up controlling the boards and they also assist themselves, but again, none of those things mattered. Um, LeBron was still able to, you know, have a, a, a monumental game with 40 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists. AD still doing his thing, uh, so still did his thing with 28 points and 12 rebounds uh, from him, and he also had KCP, Contavious, Caldwell, Pope with 16 points and 3 assists. Uh, but again, a couple bad points, uh, sorry, double, a couple bad plays by the Lakers in the end bad sequence with a shot uh, by Danny Green that led to some type of off yeah, off kilter pass from uh, I believe it would be I think it's Marquise yeah I think that's Marquise Morris uh, his brother his twin brother I think that's the one that plays in LA Marcus but uh, bad pass by Marquise Morris uh, bad sequence and um you know, with a with you know, with a team like the Heat that are just trying to make plays when they can, and they're, and they're going to, uh, looks like if you have Jimmy there, um, they're going to try to snatch these games. They're going to keep these games close. Um, I would be, I'd be lying to tell you that again. Of course, my heart, you know, I'd be lying for the Heat, uh, but I'd be lying if I told you that I thought that they would not be eliminated after uh, last night's game. Uh, but a good effort from Jimmy, again, a consummate leader, uh, constantly pushing his teammates to be better. Again, I don't think you get a performance like this with Duncan Robinson with just anybody next to him. Uh, it takes a real uh, a real cat to get to get some of this with these performances out of these people. Again, as LeBron, he already brought him, he already had a superstar, a superstar with him, with AD. That's not too much improvement there. That's not too much that LeBron can bring out of that. I mean, AD comes to play, AD comes to play, we obviously see that, 28 points from him, it's the, it's the Duncan Robinsons and the Kendrick Nunns uh, with 14 uh, coming off the bench that, you know, that is really 
you know, inspiring to see. Uh, so, again, you know, back to the team stats, I think uh, the Lakers had the age and assist, the Lakers had the age and points in the paint, the Lakers had, a, uh, had an age and assist. Uh, both teams shot under 50%. Uh, but it's it's close. It's basketball. I mean, it's clutch basketball. So who's, I mean, who's gonna make the play when they count? And it looks like for now, uh, Jimmy Butler is making those plays. And I don't know what happens in Game Six per se. Uh, if Jimmy Butler has anything near this performance, uh, and again you can get somebody again having up to you know having the same equal performance as him next to him, a number two uh, on that squad, that Heat squad, then maybe you can see a Game Seven. You know, again, this game, again, was very close. Again, there were the points in which, you know, the Lakers could have won it. Again, uh, that last sequence, I believe, uh, could have ended within at least tying the game, if not winning it themselves. So, uh, again, maybe, you know, you, you, um, you count on, you, you take away a mistake from the Lakers, you have a, you, you have a win there. So, uh, these games can go either way. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's going to come probably down to the last possession game six and if there's a game seven same thing but uh my oh my has has this uh series changed it was very boring in the beginning we all thought it was going to be a sweep uh but again jimmy finds ways to make these games very close and competitive uh regardless and i, and I definitely have to give him some if he's able to pull this out uh this would definitely be the moment that we all look back on uh i said if that was If, again, that's a big if, if Jimmy Butler is able to pull this out. All right, so let's move on. Oh, and before I get into uh, my Doc Rivers uh, stuff, uh, there was one story that I wanted to report on, uh, and this was pertaining to guard Malik Beasley uh, for the, uh, sorry, Memphis Grizzlies. Apparently, he was in a case last week, I think, uh, back in Delaware. I think that's his hometown, somewhere in that area. Uh, but he was facing charges of uh, receiving stolen goods or concealing stolen goods. I believe some drug charges and weapons charges as well. Uh, but it looks as though uh, he is going to have those charges dropped. I didn't want to talk about those uh, charges because, again, it was an interesting story behind it. But since everything on his end has been rectified, at least for now, uh, I'll drop it. And hopefully in the future he can avoid uh, legal trouble. So, uh Moving on, let's talk some. Let's talk some Doc Rivers. Now, um, we all know uh, recently he signed a deal with the Sixers. Uh, he signed a five-year deal with the team. Uh, I don't really have all the money. I don't think that that's you know, necessarily important. Uh, but I want to talk about what the Sixers were getting. I want to talk about some of his struggles he's been having. Um, does it fall on him as a coach? Does it? You know, where does it fall? And did the Sixers make the right decision? And what does Doc bring to this team? Um, if you know, what, yeah, what does Doc bring to this team? That's kind of what I want to uh, answer tonight, if I can, uh, just a little bit. Uh, now, in terms of who Doc Rivers is as a coach overall, uh, he's a coach with over 900 wins. Of course, 400 of those coming with the Celtics. He, uh, he's also over 500 in the playoffs. Uh, now, here's the thing. Um, he's definitely, you know, he's definitely a coach that's been to the playoffs, but his uh, playoff record leaves very much to be desired. Now, he's over 500% in you know, his, his overall record, and he's slightly above uh, 500 in terms of his playoff record, but only slightly. Uh, he's barely over 50% 
uh, with an overall record of 91 to 89. So obviously you can tell that there's some success, uh, but there's a lot of failures on top of that. Just as many failures on top of that as well. So let's talk about his struggles all the way going back to Orlando. Uh, now playoff difficulties, were, like I said, would, would pretty much uh, bother him throughout his tenure in uh, Orlando. Uh, now, his first year, he would miss the playoffs entirely, uh, but after that, he would fail to uh, make the playoffs in, in, or he would fail to make it past the first round of consecutive years. Uh, and on top of that, his last year, he started off pretty much, yeah, he started off his last season in Orlando winless, uh, which would lead to him being fired, I believe, within the first month or so of the season, maybe a little bit after that. Uh, but in terms of these playoff runs that he would have in Orlando, of course, this was back when McGrady was on the team, Tracy McGrady. <clears throat> and uh, I think part of the issue with these teams was that they lived and died on Tracy McGrady's uh, production. And in cases where they would win, uh, they had good, they had a good, uh, strong performance from McGrady, but also uh, some role help as well. For example, in Game Four of the 2003 playoffs uh, against the uh, Detroit Pistons, uh, your boy McGrady would have 27 points. He also have 20 points from Drew Whitten, uh in terms of some help, and also he would get 18 points from Daryl Armstrong bench now in terms of losses uh now that would you know a lot of these losses in play in the playoffs will end up being because of of course poor shooting uh from a grade and of course a lack of help so again there's that pattern so again we have a star player here uh that you know that the magic looked up and had but again they weren't you know they didn't always line them up with the best team uh, another example like again of that of relying on team max so much in that same series that same old three series in the first round uh they uh well sorry game five right when the series was starting to turn for the magic of course they would have a 3-1 lead in this series one of those situations where doc again you want a 3-1 lead but in this game game five mcgrady would just have 19 points and go 8 of 20 from the field uh he can go one of five from three one of five from three the next leading scorer was Gordon uh, Gerichek, who would have just 12 points on 4 and 11 shooting. So again, you see a pattern where, where there's some success, uh, at least in certain games, there's, you know, there's uh, good shooting from McGrady and also some help. Uh, again, when you don't have that, again, you know, poor shooting from McGrady, when you have poor shooting from McGrady, again, you know, nobody else to really help out in terms of scoring, nobody to really carry the load. Uh, what happens is, you know, you would have these situations where the the, the, the magic would jump out in some early series leads being you know led pretty much single-handedly by McGrady but since there was no real help behind him they would just pretty much fall apart he would of course you know I guess get tired yeah definitely get tired he just couldn't keep up the pace you know dealing with a whole team or at least two or three other scores as opposed uh, to just himself you know again um, he would be going up against teams with at least two or three other capable scores um, now, in general, uh, Doc, uh, as, as a coach, he would come up against some really good teams during his playoff runs. Um, in Orlando, uh, beginning in 2001, he would meet up with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they would eventually make it to the conference finals with a team consisting of Ray Allen, Sam Cassell, and also Ben Robinson. Uh, their 2003 matchup was against the Pistons, who had a deep run and were having deep runs throughout the 2000s and also were a, a year away away from that as well, like Rasheed Wallace, I think Ben Wallace, I think Ben Wallace was on that team, yeah, but I don't think they had uh, Rasheed Wallace 
just yet. A couple more pieces after Antonio Dice coming off the bench for them. Uh, certain pieces there uh, for Detroit. But again, uh, Doc would meet up with these teams frequently. Uh, and not be part of his problem to now again uh, moving on to his early years in Boston he will lose in game 7 of the first round uh, to the Pacers again this is a great uh, was a really good Pacers team uh, with Jermaine O'Neal, Reggie Miller and also Steven Jackson Ron Artest was suspended if they were to probably have him uh, that would have been uh, well that would uh, actually at that time that Pacers team would have been a lock to win a, a title that year so again um even when he goes to Boston, he's meeting up with these semi, um, well, these really good Eastern Conference teams. Some of these teams are virtually on the cuffs of winning championships. And, that, you know, that's another thing that you'll see throughout his tenure. Um, same thing kind of when you look at what you see out West. Um, he recently lost to the Nuggets. The Nuggets recently, well, they were able to go to the Western Conference Finals one step away from, you know, being able to compete for a championship. So that's you. That's usually who he ends up losing to. Um, I think one, in one case, I say uh, he, he lost somebody legitimately matched up evenly matched against him and I think that was that 0-4 series against I think they were the New Orleans, the New Orleans Hornets at the time yeah uh, I think it was the New Orleans Hornets uh, with Paige on and I think that was the only team I think that I could just say uh, that they were evenly you know matched up with and just they just didn't show up and they just kind of just fell apart in that series but um, a lot of cases again like I said uh, Doc would come up with these come up against these championship caliber teams that, you know and, and they would just be deeper you know in terms of what they had in terms of production in a lot of cases he would just be relegated to one star score in some cases um, now Boston would miss the playoffs uh, the next two seasons with records of 33 and 49 and 24 of 58 uh, but there was a breakthrough of course we all know about the 2008 season the Celtics would finish 66 and 16 that year uh, clinching the division of course and winning the Eastern Conference with the best record in the league uh, they had a record they had a turnaround of 42 games meaning uh, they won 42 games uh, 42 more games than they had the year before which was an NBA record uh, Boston played in an NBA record of 26 playoff games including seven in the first round and the second round uh, when they played the the Atlanta Hawks and the Cleveland Cavaliers respectively of course uh, the Hawks were whoever they I can't remember whoever they had I think Joe Johnson and those guys uh, for the Cavs uh, of course that first reiteration with like Ogoskis probably and those guys as well still there in the house I think um, now this was one of okay now also uh, they would end up closing out Detroit in the Eastern Conference Finals in six games and also LA in six games so again the NBA record 26 games I I actually looked at that and uh, just kind of thinking about it they're coming into the, that playoffs you know dominant in the regular season if you ask me with all the people that they had the three the big three that they had of course Ray Allen Kevin Garnett, that team kind of struggled in the playoffs. They struggled to get past the Cavaliers and the Hawks. Now, take that how you will. Again, his best, and that was pretty much Doc's best team, of course. Uh, this team won the title, the only team to win one. But even they struggled to make it out the first and second round, they, and they almost didn't do it. So, again, even, then, even you know, when Doc has his biggest success, it's almost like, uh, you know, you kind of barely got by. But 
some more trivia about this uh, this championship here. This is one of three titles won in the in the, won in the, in the 2000s uh, by a team other than the Lakers or the Spurs. The other two being Detroit and Miami, of course, in 2006. Uh, of course, we mentioned the big three: Allen, Garnett, and Pierce. Uh, they were they were to be. I mean, they were going to be there for a while. And they will celebrate 08 with a title. Let's move on to 2009 to 2013, which would be Doc's last year in Boston. Now, Doc would make the playoffs through the rest of his tenure in Boston. In 2009, he would lose to Orlando in the second round uh, to Dwight Howard in seven games. Again, this is a team that has a big three. And I'll get to my feelings about the big three in just a second. The very next year, uh, Doc would lead the Celtics to a 50-32 record, fourth in the conference, and was able to lead them back to the play, back to the finals. And uh, but they would lose to the Lakers in seven games. And they would have a game in which they would only score 67 points. Uh, I think that was game three in the final, and that was a, that was a turning point for that team. In 2010 and 2011, Doc would uh, be eliminated uh, by the Heat in the Conference Finals and then eventually in the Eastern Conference Finals the year after that. Of course, at this point in time, uh, the Heat had their own big three of LeBron, of course, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. Um, now, the Heat would go on to win that title in 2012. I believe they would go on to win in 2013, yeah, 2013 as well. They would go back to back. Um, so, again, you know, Doc had to go through, you know, monster heat team um he would also have 66 wins in 2012 uh as well though so again they couldn't get him over the hump and you know the the, the real stacked teams in the east that's what we're seeing here um in his last season he was finished 41 and 40 uh he would finish seven in the east and he also would lose to new york in the first round uh the rest of the big three that being kg and paul pierce would join the nets at, at season's end um now I'm going to move on to uh, his time with the Clippers. And we're just going to cover briefly just some of his time with the Clippers because we kind of already know what has recently happened. We don't need to talk about that too much. Now in his first two years in L.A., Doc would finish third in the West but would lose in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, he would follow that with two more 50-plus win years, but he would end up losing in the first round in those years. After missing the playoffs in 2016, the Clippers would reach an eighth seed in the playoffs. Uh, that would be in 2017, but would lose to the eventual conference champions, that being the Warriors. Um, and again, you know, nothing really solid to report on after after that, outside of second round excellence. So that's where we are left today. Uh, we have a coach here who's won a title, uh, who did that with a, um, I would say a. A constructed team, um, and also uh, we're dealing with somebody who's had some very, you know, lapses in playoffs, um, judgment, and maybe you know, well, success. But let's get into my final thoughts about you know who he is and everything. Um, I think his record is a little bit deeper than his numbers. Uh, like I said, he matched up frequently against uh, some really stacked perennial contenders. Uh, like I said, that being the Heat. You also had the, the, the Pistons in the early 2000s. Uh, he would meet up with the, the Bucks back in 2001, who, if you had argued with some people, were kind of robbed out of the Eastern Conference themselves. So, again, we have that going for him. Uh, 
Now, again, I'm, I'm still learning about basketball plays and play calling and, you know, and, and how those plays are drawn up. So I can't tell you uh, from an X and O perspective whether or not he's a good or bad coach. I can only kind of tell you what I've learned and what I uh, have heard. Um, what I'm hearing about what he does offensively, although he's a great defensive-minded coach, uh, is I've, I've heard the words antiquated or outdated referring to what he runs offensively. So that might be an issue there. Um, it's obvious that if you give him some type of um, star power, that he's able to get something done. Um, obviously, the one star won't work, as in the case of Tracy McGrady. Um, we saw what happened. He would become the, the the only the only real viable scoring threat, and in many games, <clears throat> particularly in the playoffs where it's t- more team focused, uh, he would get drowned out by these other teams. Um, he obviously couldn't do it, which is he obviously can't just do it with two superstars. That being recently with Kawhi and um, Kawhi and Paul George. Now, why is that the case? Is that necessarily his coaching style? Uh, was that the players is coming up short? Um, it's a little bit of both. I guess you could blame the players coming up short by coaching, and with it, and you, could, you could blame them on what the coaches are telling them to do and the plays that they're running for them. Um, you can do that. Uh, you can also just kind of, you know, again, these are high-paid, high-quality athletes who, so far, so you know, at that point, up until that point, have been doing their job. Um, I don't, again, maybe, again, I understand the pressures of the playoffs is a lot more at stake. Um, but it's hard for me to say, uh, look at a situation like that and just blame it completely on Doc when you have two of the, of what NBA fans, or no, not even fans, but uh, the analysts may say are some of the better players in the league now of course uh those 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 narratives are starting to change because of what we've seen uh but again i i think there's some of what you can blame on the coach uh, but he can only do so much uh, regardless of what's going on i think he led them this far he led them to the playoffs he, he led them to the second round um, I think at some point uh, the players, you know, shoulder some responsibility as well. But of course, you can't just get rid of all the players, especially in a situation like that. You can't just say, "Oh well, let's just blow it all up. Let's just, you know, fuck it and you know, you know, to kick these players out of town." You can't do that. So the coach has to go. So that leads me to say uh, he could definitely do it with a big three. <laughs> um, but the thing about that big three is that big three has to be relatively. Uh, in their prime, um, that big three, and I'm not saying they have to be all all stars, uh, relatively. And what I mean by a big three, this for his case, is really just two other people um, that are going to shoulder some type of scoring responsibility. Um, you had that in Boston. Um, again, you really had that in LA, but I, they just they they choked. I, and again, I don't know if I can. If I can necessarily blame play calling for choking, you know, um, or or with you know or coaching style for a player not necessarily coming through, I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to say. Again, I'm, uh, the more I learn about play calling, about basketball and coaching, I'll have more of a of a of a, of a response for that type of that level of. of thought but just from the outside just as an amateur analyst just looking at it from what I can understand 
Um, it looks it looks to me as though uh, I think having one or two superstars works well for him. Uh, but he needs to have somebody who's going to at least be responsible. Or, uh, you know, he has to have a situation in which there's multiple people handling scoring roles uh, who can do that, who can handle and pick up the reins and help out defensively. That's why, uh, you know, the, you know, the big three were important because they they all could do that. Uh, the thing about the big three, though, and I will say this, was that they were older. They were out of their primes. Uh and how far their primes is is relative to each of those guys, but we know for a fact that they were they were a little bit older and a little bit out of their like I said their their uh, prime to win multiple championships. If they had if they had they would have got together maybe three or four years beforehand, probably would have won multiple championships, uh, at least two. Um, but again, you get them together past thirty, they're already kind of aging, and then everything after that, you just kind of saw them just kind of fall off. Well, they made it to the playoffs uh, subsequent years. Uh, they did not have enough juice to take out, you know, the, the next big three, which was Miami. Um, you know, again, uh, so it, it came back on them. So, do I think Doc can get it done? I, I mean, he has over 900 wins, so he's not a bum. I think a lot of people are gonna are, are gonna you know put a lot of emphasis on playoffs, and I get that playoffs are important. That's again, that's where you win your championship. Uh, so I do understand people's concerns there, uh, but again, I, I think in a lot of cases he's been dealt. He hasn't always been dealt with the best teams, uh, but in the case of LA, he had that situation, and it just kind of didn't work out uh, for some reason. Again, uh, I think Paul George is right, and if he's wrong, the fact of saying he's wrong by saying that they weren't, uh, there was no championship expectations. Uh, there were championship expectations. Um, yeah, they were this year. Uh, but he is right. He's still going to need time to get that team to kind of cohesively match. Uh, again, they need time to trust each other. Obviously, that wasn't there. And we saw that erode over the case of the bubble and also um, the playoffs. Of course, the playoff, the bubble in general, playoffs, and re- the, la- the rest of the regular season bubble. Um, and we saw um, a, a team that being, and this is a difference between uh, the Boston teams. The Boston teams were very uh, cohesive. That they stayed strong together. Uh, of course, you had um, Paul Pierce, KG, of course, Ray Allen, being the consummate leaders of those teams, keeping the peace in those teams, uh, keeping players in line. You did not have that in L.A. Um, of course, Doc was relatively new on the scene when he started in, in um, sorry, in Orlando. So he didn't really have to work. He didn't really have that per se. Uh, he had some OG veterans on that team. Uh, he had like uh, Horace Grant on those teams those last couple of years. Uh, but again, uh, like in terms of LA, it just it, it is obviously obvious. Um, just kind of seeing uh, how. I mean, again, there there are issues with Doc, and there are some issues with how he may coach and things of that nature. But I also think that this this situation really exposed uh, Kawhi uh, just as much. It, it exposed the players on the LA squad. There's a lot of what you would call um, egos. There was a lot of egos on the squad uh, that got exposed. A lot of players out for their own personal gain. 
Uh, we saw that. We'll see what happens in the offseason. We'll see who dips for the big-time contracts. I've been hearing a lot about more, uh, Mar- uh, Montrez Harrell. He's one of those guys. I've been hearing him linked. Now, I don't know if this all comes to fruition necessarily, but I've heard his name being linked uh, to, um, to what's that team, Hornets out there in Charlotte. Uh, so again, and, and in just general, you know, just the, the mentality of the team in the bubble, some things you just can't blame on Rivers. Um, you know, like people's mentality towards going there, you know, like Beverly and uh, there's a couple of the players, I think it was Lou Williams. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm you're knocking stuff down, but uh, your boy Lou Williams, he wanted to go out and get chicken wings and go to the goddamn strip club. Uh, these are things that, that, that will come back and haunt this team. You gotta be serious about what you're doing. You can't overlook nobody in the playoffs. The Clippers know that. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Doc was doing his best to tell people this, but there's only so much you can do with these grown men who's getting millions of dollars. Um, you keep, there's only so much you can tell these grown men, uh, that are, again, they're grown ass men. Um, so... I think with the situation is in, in uh, Philly, the guys are a little bit younger. Uh, they they don't seem to be too jaded about anything, and I think that they had an experience with Brett Brown where he was just kind of, I wouldn't say lame. I don't think lame is the right word, but he just didn't have that oomph to kind of inspire them. I think Doc, given the right situation, I think he can inspire people to play a little bit better. If he can make it work with players as, as grizzly and as, as hardened as as, as as KG and Kendrick Perkins, uh, believe me, he can get, I mean, and that's why, again, it's about people's mentality and whether or not they, they really truly want it. I mean, again, uh, there is some issues with what Doc can do uh, uh, in terms of his coaching. There's there's some whatever uh, you can, you might be able to get on his offensive play call, and that's fine. Uh, but I feel uh, that Kawhi was just as much as exposed for his flaws uh, this past few months. Again, Lou Williams, Montrez, but there's so many players on that on that Clipper squad that got issues as well that you can't. Again, a good coach. It can only do so much. But he's, he can be, he'd be able to talk to those guys, but he cannot force he cannot force Lou to not go to the strip club. There's just nothing you can do about that. Either Lou is gonna have to Lou should have understood what the, what time of day it was and said, "Look, I can go to the I can go to the strip club in another few weeks." You know, if if we were to lose or something like that, hey, you know, we win, I could go there and it's 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 a, it's it's no problem. You know, I can go in a few weeks and it's not a problem. Right now, you're in the bubble, you can't do all that. A coach can tell him not to do that, but at the end of the day, he's going to make that decision. Um, and again, and if he was able to make, you know, some of these more hardened guys in the NBA kind of work with him and kind of play some team basketball, I, I think he could do that in, in Philly. I think they, they have some better temperaments in Philly. They'll be willing to learn in Philly because uh, they really want to win. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the Clippers do too, but they needed they needed to lose because I think it was an issue. They they wanted to win, but I think that they they just got too too laxed and they just figured it was going to happen. It was going to come to them, and their biggest challenge was going to be in the conference finals. And we all know at that point, at this point now, in 2020, we know that oh, in the rear view, we know that that wasn't true. So is Doc a bad coach? I don't think so. I think there's some things that, I mean, again, maybe it takes him uh, giving up some of that offensive play control and kind of just, you know, having one of his assistants kind of 
work things out with him, maybe even one of the more star or one of the more offensive-minded older veterans on this team kind of working things out with him and doing that stuff. Again, I'm not, I, I don't know exactly how that's done in basketball per se. Um, but again, I mean, there's things that he can improve on even at his age. There's things that he could possibly get better on. Um, but I think he's still a good coach. And I, I think that he could take a team like, you know, Philly, that's young, that's vibrant, that again, they want to generally get better. I think he could sit back and he can do that with that team. All right, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for tonight. I'm sorry I was a little bit late. I had some uh, rec- well, some recording, well, some scheduling difficulties throughout uh, last, well, yesterday and today. Uh, but I plan to be back tomorrow. I'll be going over some uh, college football action of the, over the weekend. And also, I want to go over these uh, debates. Uh, so I'm going to go in on that. So a couple different uh, topics tomorrow. I'm going in my, my feelings about both the Democratic and Republican tickets. So... Look out for that, guys. It should be coming out tomorrow night. Uh, maybe at some point during the day as well. That's probably how I feel. Um, maybe before Game 7. And then probably do like a Game 7. Uh, just kind of a brief kind of... Oh, sorry. Game 6 tomorrow for the NBA Finals. So maybe do uh, maybe do an episode in the morning. This it's, it's all depends on, you know, what uh, time I have. So I might just all do it all tomorrow night. You know, like around 10 or 11. So either way... Should be hearing from me soon. Uh, if all else fails, uh, it will be tomorrow. It will be Monday morning. Um, if, if all else fails, but if you're looking to get in touch with me, of course you can hit me up at my email, or you can follow me on Instagram, Jamal 791 E L J A M A H 791. Also, feel free to look at my YouTube channel as well. Uh, look me up there, L Jamal E L J A M A H. You'll find my movie reviews. You find some more of my news there as well. Uh, but uh, please be sure to like and subscribe to that if you like. Uh, please make sure to like and share this as well. Uh, whatever you can do to show support, that is much. I'm much uh, grateful for that. All right, y'all. I'm gonna head out. Uh, head out for tonight. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love, and I'll let you guys later. Thank you.